0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is February the 14th, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And uh, the NBA has given us a real sweetheart nine-game main slate to attack this evening. Uh, I am, by the way, Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And I am here to go over this NBA slate and break it down, get our build started, and let's uh, look to crush it this week in NBA. We've got uh, the All-Star break coming up soon, so it's going to be a busy week uh, for the NBA. Nine games tonight, seven games tomorrow, uh, and then it'll wind down before that All-Star break. So we are ready to get after it. I hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl and all the activities and the halftime. It was a lot of fun uh, to experience all of that. So uh, congratulations too to, to some of our members that had some good wins yesterday um, also we had a Super Bowl contest and believe it or not our man JP wild Jason up there in Canada he, he just can't lose any of our con- uh, contests he is awesome man he's got more coach talk swag than I do so shout out to uh Jason uh, great prediction he almost hit it right on the nose he had 2421. Instead of twenty three twenty, so outstanding uh, stab there, Jason. You got it. And then also one of our newer members, Bowdy BH seventy one. He finished second, gets the cool coach talk hat, and he had also an outstanding uh, guess at the game. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Crash, for running the the Super Bowl contest for us. And we just like to have fun amongst the family with uh, the big days like that. So, all right. No further ado here, we've got all kinds of stuff to discuss. Uh, If you want to join us, by the way, dfscoachtalk.com. We have a multitude of memberships you can choose from. We also have a big announcement coming this afternoon for uh, our members and people that haven't been members yet. Uh, Now that the football season is officially over, we have a great offer that's going to run into the spring here uh, and encompass baseball, hopefully, if they play. Uh, and then basketball and golf. So uh, that'll be announced and put up on Twitter and our website. Uh, We'll have it everywhere here this afternoon. So, all right, let's get going. We don't have any time to waste. This is a great card. I'm excited for it. Got a lot of guys from the trades deadline now settling in and playing. So it's going to give us a real different look in some of these games uh, for sure. All right, 7 o'clock game. First one, Detroit Pistons at Washington Wizards. It is Washington minus four and a half, 218 and a half total, 107 implied for Detroit, 111 and a half implied for the Washington Wizards. Detroit comes in 12 and 44, Washington's 25 and 30. Injury designations, questionable for Detroit, Pickett, Jackson and Livers out. For Washington, you have Gafford and Porzingis out. Can you believe poor Zingas is missing a game? Wow, I'm shocked at that. But anyway, he's out. Um, so interesting game here. Lot, lot to discuss and and unpack. We've got, uh, we've got some interesting plays and some some good value here as well. Uh, looking at the Detroit side of the ball, Kate Cunningham had come back. The last game looked good. He's a decent play at seven four. By the way, Detroit's uh, pace is ten. Washington is 20, so it is a bit of a pace up for Washington. Uh, both teams don't defend, 25th and 23rd. So really, 218 and a half is pretty low considering you've got two of the worst six defensive teams in the league. So uh, definitely some opportunity, I think, here uh, for uh, a good jump start to your your uh, evening. <clears throat> Kate Cunningham, seven four. Sadiq Bey has throw some good games in there at 6-6. Jeremy Grant at 6-3, you know, I think he's a little more surprised he didn't get traded more than anything else, but he does have the propensity to uh, jump up there. Isaiah Stewart at 5-5 against another center that's sort of a 4-5-ish in Thomas Bryant that's not a good defender. He's also in play, so You know, when you have those prices from 5-5 to to really all the way up to Corey Joseph at 4-1, a lot of opportunities here. Just got to really study the matchups and see where it's going to fall. I think, uh, you know, KCP, in my opinion, will probably guard Kate Cunningham. I do respect that defense. On the other side, Jeremy Grant will probably uh, guard Kyle Kuzma. And I also respect, uh, excuse me, Jeremy Grant's defense. So on the Washington side, you know, you have the cheap netto at 4-4. I don't trust it uh, because the Ish Smith, uh was acquired. I think it's a timeshare there. He's 3-9. Um, Kispert at 4-1 has been showing some improve, but they've been using a lot of bench. That's for sure. Um, Kuzma, again, has been great. He's all the way to 8-6, though, and he gets that tough grant defense, but still understand if somebody wants to go there. Uh, the dueling cheap centers here. Thomas Bryant seems to be getting more uh, and more uh, activity, so he and Stewart can be considered. Also, Rui Hashimura, as as long as he's staying so incredibly cheap at 4K, he's starting to see more minutes. He got some time at the four and the five yesterday, uh, and he can play three, four, five. Truthfully, so uh, he may be a guy you want to consider. After that, not much deeper than that, but definitely some opportunity in game one to set yourself up salary-wise with at least one guy from each side as a value play. All right, that's the only 7 o'clock game. We've got two 7.30 games. The first one is the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New York Knicks. Knicks are favored by eight, and it's only a 2.06 total. We have a sub-100 implied for Oklahoma City again at 99, and the Knicks at 107. Oklahoma City comes in 17 and 39. The Knicks are 25 and 32. SGA Muscala and JRE are out for Oklahoma City. Knicks have that whole uh, confusion with their bigs being possibly in, possibly out. There's Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson, both questionable, along with Cam Reddish, uh, questionable. Guys that are out, big news is R.J. Barrett. He missed the last game as well, and Derrick Rose uh, remains out. Statistically speaking, in this one, we've got um, Oklahoma City 17th in pace and the Knicks 27th, so definitely nothing to write home about. Certainly part of the reason why the total so low, and they both play pretty good defense, 11th and 13th, respectively. So as we look at this team, as usual, you know, the usual suspects for Oklahoma City, Giddy at 7-5, Dort at 6-2. Uh, their prices are not that great, though. Uh, they were cheaper. They've been uh, moving up. Along with Darius Baisley, he's up to 6-4. So those are the three really go-to value guys here that aren't that much of a value anymore, and they're going against a slow-paced Knicks team. So not a lot to be excited about there. I mean, you've got Isaiah Roby back in the mix at 3K, Trey Mann, but they do play a lot of guys. They signed Aaron Wiggins, who's Deadman 3K. They signed him to a two- or three-year contract. He went from two-way player to an extended contract, so he'll probably get some minutes. It's pretty much impossible to really juggle and feel good about rostering anybody for the Thunder. Uh, it's that simple. Knicks, I mean, same situation here. You have a few Knicks priced up like Julius Randle at 9-6. Um, and I think Fournier too much at 5-8 as well. Um, you know, you, there's always the opportunity to, to take a shot at Kemba at 4-3. Burks will be coming off the bench more than likely at 4-8. Uh, if you want to really take a shot, he's starting at this point as, as Quentin Grimes. He's the dead man 3K. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you can count on them though. Maybe a GPP shot at the cheap price. And then you don't know who's going to play at center, you know, between Robinson, Noel and Gibson. So disaster game, you know, normally I, I can find one good player to pluck out of a game like this that everybody's going to ignore, but this is just an awful game. I, I don't see any reason to waste a roster spot on that game. How's that for pretty simple. All right. Game three. It's the other 730 game. This one has a lot more interest. Sacramento Kings and Brooklyn Nets. Sacramento's three and a half point favorite, 227 and a half total, 115 and a half implied for Sacramento and 112 for the Brooklyn Nets. So decent numbers, both sides there. Uh, Jeremy Lamb questionable for Sacramento and Terrence Davis out. For Brooklyn, James Johnson, questionable. Guys that are out, KD, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, because it's a home game, and Ben Simmons. So this becomes a real interesting set of circumstances here. First of all, for Sacramento, you have the sixth fastest pace, and they're playing faster uh, than ever with uh, Fox really pushing it. Brooklyn's 11th, so I don't know if that how accurate that is. I mean, the, the sample size with all three of their top players, one which is now traded off the floor, but they are 11th defensively Sacramento second worst defensive team in the league. So you'd love to be able to take advantage of that from the Brooklyn side and Brooklyn is 18th. So all kinds of things to figure out here. Obviously the biggest one is let's just go right to Brooklyn. Uh, You know, Harden's uh, uh, traded. We know Irving's out because of the COVID scenario with home games And KD's out. So it looks like they're going to dust off Seth Curry for his first appearance in Brooklyn. And you know, he's going to be slinging and firing because as of right now, you know, the combination of guys that are going to get big minutes are Mills, Curry, Brown, Edwards, Aldridge, Thomas. And then they may play Drummond some. We have to see if he's going to get in there. Blake Griffin's been getting minutes. Uh, Nick Claxton was getting minutes. So uh, it is a real uh, melting pot of all kinds of players. I don't know really who you can trust and who's who's going to fall out of this group. I mean, Camp Thomas had a really good game the last time. I mean, the, the two guys that I'll say that I could feel comfortable rostering, not both, but one or the other, is Patty Mills at 4'8", or Seth Curry at 5'4". I just feel like those two guys are going to lead this team in shots attempted. And we'll see. It's a risk, though. I mean, this for the cash hybrid or single entry players like myself, this is the kind of game that can sink you or it can make your cash lineup if, you know, if you have the courage to go there. But uh, lots of possibilities, Um, you know, we just have to see how this is going to shake out what Nash is going to do with this rotation now that it's just totally different. Uh, you know, with the trade and everything else. So Mills and Curry, a chance to make some of my lineups. You know, I don't mind Thomas either. I'd like to see who the starting center is because if it's LMA or Drummond or Claxton or Griffin, I mean, it's, they're going to all get minutes probably, but I will at least consider who the starter is uh, from there. So good luck with that one. It's, it's a tough call. Uh, Sacramento, it's a little bit more simple here. De'Aaron Fox at eight, two, uh, really has, uh, shown that he's going to try to step it up and take over now that he doesn't have Halliburton running alongside of him. So I think he's playable. Sabonis has been terrific too. Uh, at nine, seven, he's really trying to make a statement. Uh, I played him last time. He did well. He did well. He didn't, you know, crush the slate, but he did well. I think, you know, again, he's got uh, a chip on his shoulder to prove that uh, Sacramento didn't get completely fleeced on that deal. I know some people don't agree with it, but social media and everything in, in the league, some of the league people talking, you know, how could you get rid of Halliburton, uh, really sort of downplay Sabonis. So 9-7 is a big number, but I will consider Sabonis. And after that, the Holiday Barnes, Harkless, Steven Chenzo, Mitchell, Metu, Holmes, Lamb, Lyle's, Josh Jackson, newly acquired, all those guys could get minutes. You know, neither one of these teams, uh, you know, is is going well right now, to say the least. Brooklyn's lost 11 in a row, and Sacramento is just all over the place. So this is a risky game. It could be the game that, that tilts the slate. Um, I'd look at Fox or Sabonis, no shock there. Not sure all the rest of the guys because of the split minutes. And like I say, Mills, Curry are the two that stand out for me uh, in on Brooklyn. All right. We go to the, the first eight o'clock game. There's three of them. The first one is Portland and Milwaukee. Milwaukee favored by a big fat 15 and a half, but it's also a big number 230 and a half total. 107 and a half Portland, 123 for Milwaukee. That is a big number. So we, can we take advantage of that? That's what we got to figure here. Portland's twenty-three and thirty-four and going nowhere fast. Milwaukee's thirty-five and twenty-two. For Portland, we know that uh, they just got some terrible news on. Uh, you know, some, their players are just banged up. blazo's out. Johnson's out. Lillard's out. Luzada's out. Smith is out. And then for Milwaukee, you've got Giannis probable. Ibaka, the newly acquired, probable. And then guys that are out, Connaughton, Hill, and Lopez. So yeah, Portland just it just keeps getting worse for them as they go. They're trying to figure out exactly what they need to do here. Um, as far as statistically speaking, Portland's 18th in pace, Milwaukee's 9th. So it is a pace up there. It is the first night of a back-to-back for Milwaukee. There's only two teams on the first night, nobody on a second night tonight because of the short slate yesterday. So Milwaukee, you know, that comes into play a bit. Coach Bud doesn't like to over crush his guys with minutes. So that is a little bit of a deterrent plus the blowout, a little bit of a deterrent possibility. Uh, that, that does scare me a bit. Portland's 27th in defense, though. They're not going to be much resistance to the Bucs uh, when the key guys are in there. Uh, Milwaukee, 12th defensively. So what are we looking at here? Um, you know, definite risk here. How, are they going to get full minutes? Always talk about that with uh, with Giannis, especially. He's 12K. Also, for the other two key guys for Milwaukee, Drew Holidays 7'8", and Chris Middleton's 8'4". So, yeah, the matchups all look pretty darn good. They They all three could do very well. But, you know, definite risk incurred there. I don't see any stoppers, per se, on the other side that are going to really give these guys much pushback. I mean, Giannis is a great pay-up guy. You got to get your three quarters or a little bit more from him uh, to pay off a 12K number. Uh, If anybody can do it, he could. You know, he and Joker and Luke are pretty much setting themselves apart that no price really Matters at some time, you know, sometimes, but you don't want to pay 12K for Giannis. They blow out the trailblazers and he plays, you know, 25 minutes and, and you know, gets 40 points, uh, DFS points. So it's a tough call. Um, Bobby Portis isn't exactly cheap at 6'8", and now he's got Ibaka uh, lurking around, you know, backing up Giannis and Portis. And Ibaka's 4K, but you certainly can't count on him first game in. Um, Grayson Allen at 4-6, you know, just I don't trust his output either. So it's a tough call. Certainly can pay up there if you want. Portland, a little more cut and dry. There's, you know, their uh, rotation is is greatly diminished here. So you're going to get big minutes probably from Anthony Simons at 7-9. CJ L at 4-7. Justice Winslow's up to 5-6 now. Uh, the newly acquired Josh Hart, who you know could be a decent play here, but runs into a tough defense uh, with the Bucks. And then you have Nurkic at 8-9. I'm not going to probably pay up that kind of money for him with Giannis Portis and Serge in interior defense. Uh, Macklemore, Watford, those guys have been getting some minutes. They do have Elijah Hughes now who could sneak into that lineup, but I've got to see see that first uh, to feel comfortable about, uh, comfortable about rostering him. So possibly one of the Portland guys, because their prices are still below that mid-tier number, I think would be a sensible play. And if you want to buy up for one of the top Bucks guys, uh, you can go for that too. Uh, definitely some concern in that game uh, with uh, blowout capabilities and the depth from the Milwaukee side. All right, the second eight o'clock game is the San Antonio Spurs and Chicago Bulls. It is Chicago minus five. 234 is the number. That is the winner. That's the highest total on the board. 114.5 implied for San Antonio, 119.5 implied for the Chicago Bulls. Um, we've got uh, in this matchup, the Spurs come in at 22 and 35. Chicago is 30. Six and 21. Kata Bates' job, questionable. Tweaked his knee the other day. Uh, Goran Dragic is listed on that team, and he's out. Uh, For Chicago, uh, of course, uh, Derek Jones, who jumped back into action. He's probable to play again in this game. Javante Green's the one that's questionable, though. Uh, We'll see if he gets rolled out there or not. Uh, Certainly concerned with his injury. Guys that are out, Ball, Caruso, Levine, and Williams. So no Levine for a couple of games uh, as well. All right, statistically speaking in this matchup, we've got the Spurs fifth in pace. So that's why you got such a big number here. Chicago, middle of the pack at 15th, but a nice pace up game for Chicago. Neither defense is playing well, 19th and 20th. Uh, Certainly the Bulls, if they really want to make a run uh, at an Eastern conference championship, we're going to have to tighten up that defense. So, uh, again, once they get some of that, those backcourt players, I think they'll, they'll get back up there again. Uh, what can I say about DeJounte Murray? The dude is an absolute stud. Uh, you know, he comes into a game here at 11 K, but man, he's working his way up to that top upper echelon with the, the very top two, three, four guys in the league. I mean, now that Derek White's gone, he's obviously completely taking control of that team. Um, you know, it's, it's an island game. Absolutely rosterable here if you want to go with Murray. He's going to get to Mood defense, which is respectable, but uh, at times Murray is just unguardable. He's that good. Devin Vassell stepped into that uh, starting two guard that Derek White left. He's five two. He's got some potential. Not comfortable with McDermott. Keldon Johnson's a little too pricey at 5'8". You've got a 7K Purtle going against Vuk inside. Vuk's not exactly uh, that strong of resistance. So other than that, a lot of bench guys. Zach Collins is back. They now have Romeo Langford and Josh Richardson in the mix. And Lonnie Walker's still sitting on the bench. Josh Primo, who he likes to play. So the bottom line is the Spurs are going nowhere. I think Pop's going to play a pretty deep bench and it's very hard to count on anybody but Murray really for the Spurs for the near future. I mean, the matchups are going to help, hurt and help in certain scenarios, but if you race to play a couple of Spurs, you are really risking it. So you're not going to see a lot of San Antonio players being rostered for me for a while here, unless it's Murray and he can fit from a salary standpoint. On the Chicago side, again, with, you know, Levine also out, you're going to get the starting backcourt duo <clears throat> of Iod Dasunmu and Kobe White. Um, there's been some inconsistency more with White. Dasunmu's been pretty solid. He's 5'9", though, so he's getting there. White's up to 6K. I think they're both playable. I, I like Dasunmu better. Um, but, again, he's going to really be wrapped up in guarding Murray quite a bit. We'll see if he stays out of any foul trouble and whether he you know, has enough to really uh, push it on the offensive side. Certainly have the option to go to DeMar DeRozan. That man is playing unbelievable basketball. And he's proven when you take Levine off the floor, and even without Ball and Caruso and some of these guys, uh, DeRozan, is his usage has been fantastic. He's 10-2, which is very expensive, but man, he pays his number off you know, like a workman, yo workman guy every day. He is amazing. So he is in my possible player pool here. Vuk at 9'8". Again, he's another guy that's been smacking his number and breaking some slates. So you can consider either one of those guys. The other rotation after that, a little bit too much of minute split, especially with John Javante Green being questionable. All right, we have Four games left. We have one other eight o'clock game. I do want to say it is a perfect time to join DFS Coach Talk. We would love to have you go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for as little as 10 bucks for three days, and we'll get you in there. We're a family here at Coach Talk. We really uh, go over the importance of building a bankroll. So we talk about right off the jump, we talk about uh, bankroll management, line, your lineup, build strategy, and contest selection. Things that a lot of people take for granted in in this, uh, in this game of, of DFS that are extremely important. If you're picking players decently, if you don't have those other things in line, uh, ultimately you're going to be a reload machine. It's going to be, you know, ATM city here for a lot of people that play DFS. So it's time, you know, change that. Get into a, Look at this as a side business. Look at this as something you want to build a bankroll with. We have several members that'll be happy to to let you know that, you know, they've been aboard with us for a year, year and a half, and they've consistently been able to build a bankroll. So we would love to have you give us a shot. We do have a special spring special coming out uh, later this afternoon that we'll put uh, everywhere on our, our, our website and Twitter. Uh, you name it. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, we certainly would love to have you join the family here at Coach Talk. All right. <clears throat> We've got that last eight o'clock game. It is the Toronto Raptors and New Orleans Pelicans. Toronto minus four, 222.5 total, 113.25 for Toronto, 109.25 for the New Orleans Pelicans. Toronto comes in 31 and 24, the Pels 22 and 34. So no injuries reported for Toronto, which is amazing. Two guys out for the Pels, it's Larry Nance and Zion Williamson. Statistically speaking here, we've got um, Toronto 25th in pace and uh, New Orleans 19th. So that's not encouraging whatsoever. Then we also defensively, Toronto 14th the Pels are 22nd, so uh, not great defensively, below average uh, for this, this game. It is the first night of a back-to-back for the Pels. Like I said, there's three teams on the first night of a back-to-back, uh, the Pels being one of them. They're playing a pretty deep rotation, but they're truly make trying to make a run uh, at the playoffs here. So they are buckling it up. Toronto also has been playing well. So this is a good game. I think it's got a lot of DFS potential uh, to, to go well. There are some prices here that we're going to have to deal with. Um, but, you know, I think some of the buy-ups here are very doable. Fred Van Vliet at 8.8. 8. That's a good price for him. He's solid. Pascal Siakam at ten he He's been dominating some games of late. Then you got this mid-tier group. Uh, it's tough because... Trent's 6'5", Ananobi's 6'4", and Barnes are 6'7". So you have no giveaways anymore on this team like you did before. You could always get one or even two Raptors on the cheap, but now all starting five are priced up. Uh, their bench is going to be interesting. You know, they've got Achua, Boucher, Banton, Birch, and now Thad Young in that group I think is going to get some minutes as well. So there, you know, I know he's played his guys insane. Uh, you know, Van Bleet leads the league in minutes. Four of the top five players in minutes played in the league are with the Raptors. So it always makes your eyes light up. All right, this, I'm playing a couple of Raptors. And it seems like you have to have them a lot because they're getting those opportunities. But I, you know, Nurse has said it for a while. He's going to try to start using more of his bench. Do we trust what he's saying? I I don't know. I just know that it looks like all their guys are healthy. That hasn't happened very often. They added a little depth with Young. And even if it's going to take five, six minutes off of any of these guys, that's massively impactful for your DFS output. So I'm going to tread lightly. I'm going to have exposure to the Raptors. But I think you're going to see some of those massive minutes start to decrease a little bit. I mean, they have to, they cannot keep up this pace and expect to have any kind of run in the playoffs. So yeah, stay with Toronto for sure. I get it. They're playing against a poor defense in Pelicans, but be careful on the spend there because none of them are cheap anymore. On the Pel side, you know, you've got CJ McCollum coming in, making a statement. He's 7'9", which is a fair price for him. He and, and Brandon Ingram though, are, you know, splitting a little bit of that usage. So it's it's a little bit of a bump down for Ingram, who's 8-7 now that he's got CJ there. So that makes that a little bit tougher. And then Joe Val at 7-7 can always uh, make an impact on a game. So i um, really wanting to see how the alpha aspect of McCollum and Ingram uh, take uh, place. I think McCollum's going to play second uh, fiddle like he did with with Dame in Portland and let Ingram still be the main shots guy. But I do think he's going to pull some of that usage, some of those shot attempts away. Um, They're also using Hayes, Alvarado, Hernan Gomez. They're going, you know, a little bit deeper with their bench. Herb Jones has a tendency to jump in and have a decent game. And Devontae Graham is a guy that'll get decent minutes at 5-1, But, you know, uh, Elvarado's starting to get some of those minutes as well. So it's not a slam dunk play. I think you can, you know, pluck out a few guys here that you like. I do think that Ananobi's a terrific defender. I think he'll get Ingram. So I'm a little bit more towards CJ here. You know, staying below that 8K number at 7-9 is being a solid play. But this should be an interesting game. I think you're going to have some good output from uh, some DFS selections from this game. And I think it'll stay pretty close. All right, we shift to two nine o'clock games. And then there's a, a late night sweat hammer game that starts an hour and a half after all the rest. a 1030 game later tonight. so we'll talk about that one as well. The first nine o'clock game is the Houston Rockets and Utah Jazz. Very nice total here. But Utah is favored by a big fat 14 and a half. It's 2:31 and 231.5, 108.5 for Houston Implied, the big number 123 to tie for the highest supply total on the slate for the Utah Jazz. So blowout potential again, that's the theme of the day. Do you go with these games that could blow out or do you ignore that? That is a highly debated thing in the DFS world. <clears throat> Me being more of a game scripter, I try to play into those possible blowouts where I feel they're somewhat in it, uh, inevitable. Houston has not played good ball. Uh, Utah has played good ball. So let's see what happens. Uh, it, Houston is first in pace. So you're not going to get a better spot for Utah. They're 16th, middle of the pack. So it's not going to be a slow game. That's why you got a big total, but they're going to get the, the fastest pace uh, in the league to go against. Uh, the wonder of all at all and why we love the Rockets now, they're 30th in defense. So you got the fastest and worst defensive team in the league. How do you not get at least two Jazz on your roster build? I mean, it's hard not to. Utah is ninth defensively, uh, but the way that you don't get to a couple is if the game blows out. And Quinn Snyder is not a guy that's going to play his his main guys extra minutes in a blowout. It's just not going to happen. He's a smart coach. He tries to really consider the situation and weigh it out and and sit guys if he needs to. So it does muddy the waters here a little bit. We've got injury-wise, Eric Gordon is probable. Fernando, the newly acquired, and uh, Schroeder, the newly acquired, both are uh, questionable. So really would like to know if Schroeder's going to play. That'll affect some things. Garuba and Wall are still out. For Utah, the big question there is Rudy Gobert. He's questionable. So that certainly affects uh, that entire situation with uh, Azubuki and Whiteside. Uh, Pascal is also um, questionable. Uh, Rudy Gay is out. So they could be pretty thin inside of all those guys. Those three guys are out. That's something that we're going to have to monitor and an important piece of information that we're going to need to know. We've got um, <clears throat> Kevin Porter at 6'7", sort of pricey. Um, Green at 4'9", has not really gone over the top. Gordon, you just can't trust as far as he can throw him. We don't even know if he's going to play. Same with Jayshon Tate. His minutes have gotten uh, chopped away at times. Christian Wood's probably the safest spot at 8'3", but that's pretty expensive, especially if he's going to have to face A combination of Gobert and maybe Whiteside. uh, We'll see what happens uh, with that. Jengoon, Matthews, Christopher, K.J. Martin. Those guys are getting minutes. Uh, Dennis Schroeder could definitely jump in and get 20, 25 minutes. It just makes a lot of these guys not palatable to me. I don't see, you know, really running it back here with any of the Houston guys without risk. Um, even if I do play a few jazz guys, I usually like to run it back with at least one guy on the other team, but I don't know if I can make that happen here. As far as, uh, the other side of it, you know, Donovan Mitchell at nine two, I mean, you can't be in a better spot than this. They don't have anybody to guard them. Um, the only problem is again, if, if it blows out, that's the risk you take. I think Mitchell, if this game somehow stays within 10 throughout the game, Mitchell could be the high score on the slate. I mean, that's, I'll, I'll just flat out say it. So Mitchell's a great play. The only way you get double-crossed there is if it, you know, they're up 25 at halftime and then you're sweating his minutes in the second half. So that's the risk. After that, you know, I, nobody makes me jump out of my seat. Conley at 6'2", I, is playable. Bogdanovich at one. If you want to go lower, you know, you've got Clarkson at 5'3" you know, if Whiteside does play and start because Gobert's out, he's 5'9". If Azubuki's in there, he's at 4K. So we just have to see what that news is for the bigs. Um, They also have Juancho Hernan Gomez now and Nikhil Alexander Walker. So how are those two guys going to fit in? What kind of role? I mean, it's too risky to play him. Uh, NAW is only 3'8", and Hernan Gomez is 3'2". So A lot of unanswered questions there and definitely some incurred risk. But Mitchell's probably going to be a go-to guy for me today. All right, two games. The other 9 o'clock game, Orlando Magic, Denver Nuggets. Denver, uh, minus 11, another double ditch. This is the blowout day. Uh, Nobody has a heart here on Valentine's Day in the NBA. We're getting these big blowout possibilities. It's a two twenty-seven and a half total, one hundred eight point two five for Orlando, one nineteen point two five for the Denver Nuggets. Orlando um, comes into the game thirteen and forty-five. Denver's thirty-one and twenty-five. Guys that are out for Orlando: Fultz, Hampton, Isaac, Wagner, and that's Mo Wagner, not Franz. Denver <clears throat> questionable: Monte Morris, Zeke Naji, and then the guys that are out. Kanchar, Murray, Porter. As far as statistically, Orlando 12th in pace, Denver 23rd. Not very exciting there, but defensively below average here for sure. Orlando 21, Denver 17. So, you know, some potential plays here. Does this game stay close? Orlando is pretty bad. That's for sure. But Denver hasn't been playing the Christmas ball of late. <clears throat> the usual Orlando guys we can consider because their prices are decent: Cole Anthony at seven one, Jalen Suggs at six three, Wendell Carter Jr. six nine. If you want to go all the way down to center to Bomba at four um, seven, you know I don't know if it's Carter Bomba, whomever tries to guard the Joker, that's going to be a tough matchup. Um, <clears throat> really, after that, I think I don't feel comfortable. Franz Wagner's been pretty rough lately. He is 5'2. if you want a, a cheap buyback from the other side, if you're going to roster some Denver guys. The Denver guys that are in play, um, we need to see if Morris is playing. Expect he and Hyland to, to split center if he, or uh, point guard, yeah, center point guard if, if they're in. Um, <clears throat> Barton at 6'3 3 is, is reasonable. Um, Gordon at 5'8, very reasonable as well. But, you know, the Joker, is the Joker the the V buy-up on the slate? He's 12-2, which is another big number. But is in a matchup. He should absolutely murder this team. The question is, does it stay close enough long enough? Um, It is an island game. And as of right now, if I locked in five minutes, it would be the Joker as my single high pay-up player uh, on the slate. It's just such a smash spot for him. And, you know, I think his ownership, even though his price is so high, uh, is going to be pretty decent as well. Not enough to where I'd want to leverage against it, but I think that uh, it's just, you know, a great matchup for him against a team that just does not defend well. So triple-double call for Joker for sure in this one. Um, The only fear is blowout. That's that's it. All right, we go to the last game. Game nine. Stands alone. 10:30. An hour and a half later. So either you have some guys here you're fired up to get to, or you're going to hold your breath and try to hang on. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. 10:30 p.m. game. Golden State Warriors. L.A. Clippers. Golden State minus six. It's a 220 and a half total. 113.25 for Golden State. 107.25 for the Los Angeles Clippers. Golden State comes in 42 and 15. The Clippers 28 and 30. Uh, injuries out for Golden State, Green, Iguodala-Wiseman. For the Clippers, probable, Ojale, questionable, Kennard, And the guys that are out, George, Leonard, Powell, and Preston. And again, bad news for the Clippers. They lose Powell to a broken foot. So not good. They brought him in for some big help, and he is not going to be there. So <clears throat> rough injuries, tough Tough season for the Clippers in that sense. The Clippers are that third team that has the first night of a back-to-back. That could affect things as their depth is not that strong right now. So something to consider there. Um, All right. As far as statistically going in this game, we've got Golden State 13th in pace, Clippers 14th. So right around league average, a little better. Golden State remains the number one defensive team in the league. So very impressive that they've maintained that without Draymond. And Clippers, pretty tough 10th. That's why they've been winning some games with this, you know, banged up lineup. So not bad on that side. So 220 and a half is a good total, though. Uh, It doesn't seem like a super target game, but, you know, that makes it decent. Golden State only favored by six on the road. That gets my interest a little bit, too. So let's talk about Golden State. You know, Curry certainly a pay-up option at 10-4. Clay seems to be getting back to the old Clay. He's coming off a really good game. He's 6-8, which is still very fair. Wiggins, sort of the forgotten man, Mr. All-Star, All-Star starter, certainly a better player than Luka Doncic to start in the All-Star game. But no sour grapes here. Um, Wiggins six one again, he's not even really, but the third, fourth option on his own team. <clears throat> anyway, so not a big Wiggins guy here, but his price is down. It's low. So you can consider it, uh, sort of like the way coming has been looking inserted into the lineup and, uh, showing some of that incredible athleticism and he's still down at four, six. So if he continues to get decent minutes, um, you got to consider him. He is time sharing a bit with Otto Porter. So, you know, let's keep a close eye there. Uh, the bailout uh, punt center seems to always be Kevon Looney at four or five, sort of plays that same role. Um, <clears throat> coming off the bench, Jordan Poole, Porter Jr., Lee, Payton, Bielitsa, you know, same group of guys. Um, so you really know what to expect there because they're at full strength. So Certainly uh, some decent plays and some buy-up opportunities that make uh, a lot of sense. Uh, Reggie Jackson at 6K, very volatile. Some great games, some not-so-great games. Had a huge game the last time out. Terrence Mann continues to show more consistency at a cheap 4-3 price. Marcus Morris, same thing at 5-6. Very affordable for the minutes he's going to get. Nick Batum, who disappeared last time at 3-6. Did not get it done. Zubac, 4-2, you know, not against this number one Warriors interior defense. Plus, he loses some time to Hartenstein, and there's a big rotation there. Amir Coffey's getting decent minutes. Kennard, if he plays as well. They also played Covington a little bit at the big um, when the other team went small. So he'll get probably some minutes. So it's, you know, this isn't a stack game for me. I wouldn't mind having a mid-priced warrior, and a value clipper uh, to finish out the slate. All right, that's it, my friends. That's the whole deal right there. Nine games. Please take a second if you're watching this on YouTube. I waited till the end. Thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. I really appreciate that. Um, That would make a big difference uh, to us. We do put this NBA podcast out in front of the paywall seven days a week. If you're listening audio wise, please take a second, whether it's Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever your landing spot is for podcasts, quick five stars and comment. You'll get in a draw a drawing at the end of the month to win a free week of coach talk. So we'd appreciate that. <clears throat> Check us out. DFS coach fantastic spring coming up with, uh, our key sports and, uh, There's a lot of life, DFS life, after the NFL. Uh, You know, we have had some monster hits in baseball and basketball, of course, and then some golf ones as well. So uh, we are your landing spot. Check us out. We have a great family here. Again, congratulations to Jason, JP Wild, Bowdy uh, BH71 for winning our Super Bowl contest yesterday. Um, tomorrow is Tuesday. It's Andrew day. So Mr. Hanson will take the NBA podcast. It is my one respite day of the week. Um, he has seven gamers. So that is right in his wheelhouse and I'm sure he'll, uh, absolutely crush it for you guys tomorrow. Then I'll be back on Wednesday for that slate. Remember we have the all-star game coming up, uh, Gundacker and I'll be doing some flip flop, uh, uh, co- what's the word I'm saying? Collaborations, uh, and I'll be jumping on his show. He'll be jumping on our pod a little bit too. So we got it all going here. It's it's awesome. It's a great time of year, uh, and uh, we we're excited to have you join us. Uh, have a great Valentine's Day. Make sure you uh, if you're following your scores and your DFS performance, and you're out with the sweetheart be careful. Don't get caught checking the scores. Just put them on vibrate or something so you don't have to get busted. So be careful. You don't want to get in trouble. Uh, But it's a great slate tonight. Hard to pass up. So have a great day. We appreciate you. And we'll definitely be back all week here for absolute crushing performances in NBA DFS.